From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Wednesday, August 29th. I'm Marco Werman. Treating the rebel wounded in Syria is dangerous work. This volunteer doctor was constantly worried when she was there about being found out by the government. There's always an edge of insecurity. You always have to think, if you had to evacuate, which patients can be discharged? Who do you need to take with you? We'll hear her story. Also today, a controversial civil union in Brazil between a man and two women, plus North Korea's Paralympic debut, and why London is a home away from home for the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. PRI's The World is made possible in part by Medtronic employees, proudly supporting the work of United Way. United Way helps build pathways out of poverty by mobilizing the caring power of communities around the world, focusing on education, health, and basic needs. Learn how to help at unitedway.org. And by PBS Learning Media, providing accessible, on-demand educational content to teachers nationwide. More information online at pbslearningmedia.org. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Turkey is urging the creation of a buffer zone inside Syria. That's a safe area where the United Nations could protect people displaced by the Syrian conflict. Turkey has a lot at stake in the matter. Some 80,000 Syrian refugees are already in Turkey, and U.N. officials say up to 5,000 more have crossed the border each day in recent weeks. The Turkish proposal for a buffer zone was quickly dismissed, though. In a rare TV interview today, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad called the idea impractical. Those refugees are fleeing a conflict that has killed an estimated 18,000 people since it began last year. Many thousands more have been wounded. And those who care for the injured in rebel-held areas take huge risks to do so. Anesthetist Rachel Craven of the Bristol Royal Infirmary in England used her holiday leave this year to go to Syria. She worked there for the relief group Doctors Without Borders, also known as Médecins Sans Frontières. For security reasons, she can't describe exactly where she treated patients. All I can really say is that we're in the the north of the country in a a rebel-held area and that we're working in a house that's been converted into a a hospital. But from from the outside, it just looks like a normal house. And remind us why the secrecy on where you were. We're we're there illegally. MSF, um, Doctors Without Borders, uh, contacted the Syrian government and uh, and did ask for permission to to work within the country, but, but that was refused. However, we felt that the the needs within the country were such that we couldn't really accept that. Mm. Uh, It's something that Doctors Without Borders does very occasionally, maybe three times in the last 30 years. But in this case, they felt that it was necessary. So this hospital looks on the outside like a home. What's on the inside? How well equipped uh, was it? So on the inside, downstairs, there are reception rooms that have all been converted. So one is an operating theater. We have a resuscitation room, a recovery room. Uh, The kitchen has been converted into a sterilization area for all the surgical instruments. We have an emergency room in the courtyard. And then upstairs, the bedrooms have all been converted into wards. All the equipment has been smuggled in over the border. And it's basic equipment, but it's uh, very well suited to the environment, given the, the problems of electricity supply. And it does allow us to to really perform most types of surgery that are necessary in that context. 
The UN estimates the number of people who've died in the Syrian uprising to be over 20,000. Uh, there'd be many more injured. Were you worried about what you were getting into? And, and is what you saw at this hospital suggestive uh, of the casualty rate? The flow of patients uh, into the hospital would be very variable from day to day. Um, that was partly due to just what was happening. So if there was a battle locally, if there was shelling locally, then, then you would obviously get a, a big influx of casualties. There's no ambulance service or a very limited one. Um, most of the patients are arriving uh, you know, on a mattress on the, on the back of a pickup truck. So you, you can only imagine that, that perhaps a, quite a large proportion of people who might otherwise be saved are, are actually dying en route to facilities such as ours. You can't really plan um, because you, you don't know what you're going to have in the next few minutes. And there's always a, an edge of insecurity. Mm. Uh, you don't know, are you going to be able to stay there? You, know, you always have to think if, if you had to evacuate.